Um, so we're looking at this this new series over the next three weeks is going to be our um, our focus on a on a Sunday. Also, with the uh, the the study guides there, opportunity for our growth groups to join in as well and connect uh, with this. Now we've we've called it uh, shape. S H A P E. And it's an opportunity to discover a unique contribution to the body of Christ. And we're going to be looking at that here at Lismore Baptist Church. Now, some of you um, may be aware of uh, a book that this is based on. And the book uh, is simply called Shape, S H A P E. And it's written by Eric Rees. Eric Rees. Now, um, he's sort of part of um, Rick Warren's church, and uh, this is, a, uh, I guess, a, a, a resource contribution to the, to the body of Christ. I uh, had a look at this quite a few years ago, uh, and I thought how good it is, and then, of course, you put it to one side and you never get back to it. Now, what is basically, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to look at ourselves as individuals and how we fit into the body of Christ in all of the gifts that, that God has, has given us. Now, I'm, I'm going to use a, a word of caution here at the very beginning. Um, if we start to look at, at, at gifts and all that sort of thing, some of you are going to go, oh, so have you got some vacancies in the roster and you need them to be filled? Well, no, this, this is not. We're not doing this just so that you can sign your name in and fill a, a roster spot. This is, this is not the intention of it. Although, coming out of this can be an opportunity to serve. Now, did I say that nicely? Yeah, the primary reason for this is not we need to fill slots. It's not because we want to start a, a new ministry. And it's not so we can show off and say, hey, look at me, look what God has given me. So we want to keep this in perspective but ultimately it's going to help us in our in our personal in our personal lives and our corporate service of Christ and this is this is the intent and so um, we're going to be using the acronym shape and so when I say what is your shape I'm not talking about no I'm not I'm not talking about your physical shape we're talking about uh, an, an acronym that fills this out and the, the reason why I like this is because it, it's all-encompassing, and it, it, it covers a number of different aspects. So let's, let's kick off, and, and most of the information you'll find up on the screen and the quotes that I'll use are, are contained within your study guide. So if you put your study guide to one side, get your notepad out and start going, oh, quotes, 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 they're, they're pretty much all there, if that makes sense. So that's hopefully would make things a lot, a lot easier for, for you. Now, God, God has invested heavily in creating us, and he, he has this incredible attention to detail. So what I want to do is I want to start off with a, a particular passage for us just to reflect on as we, we kick into these next three weeks. And this passage is from Psalm 139, verses 14 to 16. And once again, that information is in your study guide. But we'll read through this and reflect on it. Psalm 139. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. 
when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It's a wonderful, wonderful passage written about how unique and wonderfully we are made. And what I want to do right now is just, just pause for a moment and, and just pray. And I just want to offer this prayer and say, Heavenly Father, we thank you not only for your word, but we thank you for how special you have made us. We, we thank you that you know all about us, that you, you care about us, that we are more than just one out of so many billion. You have uniquely invested in us. And so as we spend a moment to have a look at shape, we pray that you would speak in and through it for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we can see from this passage, God made us with a, with a high value. He doesn't just pump us out like a production line. We're not byproducts and we are certainly not mistakes. As a matter of fact, if we read that passage in Psalm in the Old Testament, we can fast forward all the way through to Ephesians where Paul writes, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Paul writes, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Other, pass- other versions say that we are his, his masterpiece out of all of creation. And, and we look at creation in, in the vast expanse of the universe or into the, the smallest aspects of what we are made of in our atomic structure or whatever. And we see that out of all of that, the pinnacle of his creation is us, that he's made. But we're designed as a masterpiece. We're not just designed to sit on the shelf or hang on a wall. And the other wonderful thing about all of this is that we're all made unique. There's not one of us that is the same as anybody else. Even identical twins are unique in their personality and in who they are. As I've already mentioned, uh, Angie and I went down to visit our daughter and her husband in, in Canberra. And um, as part of our time down there, we went along to the uh, Canberra Art Gallery. Now, I'm not normally much into art, but you, know, you go along just for the experience. And you're just amazed at the, 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 the quality of the, uh, the artwork on display. There was, there was some that I thought ho-hum. But anyway, incredible artists... And you know the thing about it, as I was thinking about it, they would have a a catalogue of certain artists. But every one of those pieces of art was uniquely different, even though they were painted by the same artist. And it it just makes you, especially a wonderful artist, just all those different aspects of the talent coming out through each of the different parts of the artwork. Now just imagine, just imagine if there was this famous artist and he goes, I'm going to paint a painting and the next time he paints a painting, it's exactly the same as the last painting and then another painting exactly the same as the last painting and exactly the same and he has an art gallery full of paintings that are exactly the same 
in every detail, you'd go, that's not much of a painter, is it? He's done it once. He's not much of a, 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 a wonderful artist. And but then if we, if we look at this from the aspect of God as the, 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 the wonderful artist who's made each and every one of us, what makes it so much more spectacular is the fact that every single one of us is his masterpiece, but every single one of us are unique and special in our own right. That's essentially what I take out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. But the interesting thing about it is, is for us, it's not just the fact that we're made and we're going to sit on a shelf or hang on a wall or something like a piece of art. What does it say? We are created to do good works. We're created to do, to, to, to function, to participate. We're all unique. So therefore... If we all are created to produce good works, all of our good works will also be unique, won't they? If we're unique, our contribution will be unique as well. A unique contribution to God's will. Now, Eric Rees in his book, and I'll be quoting him a few times, says that all of us have, and he calls the term a kingdom purpose. Now, we could use a number of different terms, but let's just sit with what Eric Rees is saying. He says a kingdom purpose. Basically, it means that we, as followers of Jesus, serve in the kingdom of Jesus. Correct? We serve in the kingdom of Jesus. And so we don't just, we're not just there just to hang out or there just to exist. We have a purpose within the kingdom. Doesn't it? To contribute. If we're created for good works, our good works will be as part of God's kingdom. So he calls what he says is a kingdom purpose. Every single one of us has a purpose within the kingdom of Jesus. And he defines this kingdom's purpose as follows. Once again, it's in your study guide. The kingdom purpose is your specific contribution to the body of Christ within your generation that causes you to totally depend on God and authentically display his love towards others all through the expression of your unique shape. Mm. So we reflect on that. Yep, we, we have a specific contribution to the body of Christ. That's the, 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 the wide church of God within our generation, the time that we live which causes us to be totally dependent upon God. Yes, that makes sense. And authentically display his love towards others. That all makes sense through the expression of your unique shape. Now, what does he mean by, by shape? You're asking these questions. I will finally answer those questions. Now, one of the reasons we've, we've come up at this particular time to be looking at this um, is that uh, as, a, as a, a leadership and, and as Steve and, and Paul and myself have been looking at that, we thought we really need to find ways to encourage people to use their gifts. And I've preached uh, numerous times on, on spiritual gifts and the opportunity that we have to be able to contribute and what our gifts are and everything. Historically, I've always found it quite um, frustrating because... What happens is we think gifts, we, we look at what the Bible says about gifts, and then we get a little bit confused. And so someone goes, well, I'm, I'm really good at computers. Is that my gift? We'll go, no, no, um, we don't find about the skill in computers in the Bible. So no, no, that's not a spiritual gift. Um, or someone says, I'm, really, I'm a good builder and a you know, tradesman. Yeah, well, that's, that's not a gift. So put that to one side. Um, 
And we get a little bit confused and we think that we only serve in certain things but not in others. Now, the thing that I like about uh, this concept of shape is it talks, talks about spiritual gifts and we're going to be looking at that, that very, very soon. But it says there's other things that God gives us, other things that he equips us with and as the total of all of those are how we serve each other. Now, I'm hoping that's going to uh, make a little bit of, of sense. God gives us many capabilities. And that's why I think this concept of, of shape is so value, valuable. So let's, let's work with me here. Work with me here. And once again, details in your study guide. The first one, S, S in shape. S stands for spiritual gifts. They're a set of special abilities that God has given you to share his love and serve others. So that's a supernatural giftedness. A gift from God to you as a followers of Jesus. And it's what's referred to in the New Testament. We're going to be looking at those very soon, particularly in Romans, Ephesians, 1 Corinthians, etc. So that's spiritual gifts. And we'll look at that in detail today. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the next lot of these. And the next one is what's called heart. H for heart. And that's the special passions God has given you so that you can glorify him on earth. What are you passionate about? Now, We'll have an opportunity for people to feedback over these next few weeks. And I guarantee that as we start to, to uh, inquire about it, what everyone's at, everyone's going to be passionate about different things. And that's good. I don't want everybody to be passionate about... Imagine if everyone was passionate about music. And want everybody wants to music or someone passionate about, about um, you know, making beautiful morning teas or serving out in the community or whatever. There's, there's many different passions and it's a good thing that we're all passionate about different things. Third one, SH, spiritual gifts heart. The next one is abilities. The set of talents that God gave you when you were born, which he also wants you to use to make an impact for him. Think about this. We are all natural at some things and everybody's natural at different things. Some people are just natural athletes and so they just are athletic from the time that they're born. Some people are natural thinkers. They just think in a particular way. Some people are naturally strong. Some people are naturally fast. Some people are naturally methodical. We all have unique abilities, don't we? Once again... If all of our abilities were exactly the same, might it be pretty boring, wouldn't it? We wouldn't get much done. So in some ways, it's, it's through the wonder of God that he's created us all with different abilities. <clears throat> S-H-A-P, personality. The special way God wired you to navigate and fulfill your unique kingdom purpose. Do I have to remind you all that you all have different personalities? Do I have to remind you? Some people are outgoing, some people are introverts, some people have... We, we all have these different personalities. And the thing about this, and we'll, we'll dig into this in a couple of weeks' time, is that there's no personality that's better than another. We're just different. And it's an opportunity for us to celebrate those differences... And when we put it into the perspective of the wider church, we can see how God uses all of that for his glory. And the last one, 
S-H-A-P-E, experiences. Those are the parts of your past, both positive and painful, which God intends to use in great ways. We've all had past experiences. Some of them are, are very positive, but there are numerous. And I, I think for, for many of you, if you've been following Jesus for a, a period of time, you know that there's a lot of painful experiences that we've had as well. God wants to use those experiences to make future contributions. And we'll be talking about those in detail in a couple of weeks' time as well. Can you see what we mean by shape? Spiritual gifts, our heart or our passions, our abilities, our personalities and our experiences. Now, the thing that I like about all of this is that that is looking at the whole person, is it not? It's looking at everything that God has given us. That's what I like. That's why I think it's more than just spiritual gifts. We're certainly going to be looking at that today. But we are made up of more than just spiritual gifts. God has given us passions. God has given us natural abilities. He's given us a wonderful personality that's very different to anybody else. And he's given us experiences that he's going to use for our future contribution to the body of Christ. Does that make sense? Okay, so today we're going to be looking specifically at spiritual gifts. Next week we're going to be looking at heart and abilities and the week after that we're going to be looking at personalities and experiences. Now I'll tell you something else that's really exciting is we're going to have a study guide each week, gives you an opportunity to follow along, gives you lists and and things to work with. We're also putting together an online tool which we can also print out for those who are not computer savvy. But we're going to encourage you all to contribute to this online tool as asking these questions and we believe that this is going to give us a little bit of a a map of this church now I'm quite excited about that but along the same way we're not going to force you to contribute to the to the map you know if you just want to use this for yourself feel free just as your own individual but if you'd like to contribute we've got this online tool that'll help us to create a bit of a a map about what is going on as far as spiritual gifts, hearts, passions, abilities, personalities and experiences across the church. And it gives us an opportunity then to uh, maybe encourage, interview or whatever. We'll talk about that as we go along. Quite excited about that. So we're going to start off by looking at spiritual gifts. Too many of us see when we talk about spiritual gifts, we we think of them as being these mysterious, complicated, difficult um, concepts. And yet really, the opposite is quite true. God has given us all gifts and he wants us to to unwrap them. He wants them to discover and unwrap these gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul writes, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, that's what we're going to be talking about, gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now Paul is not saying be unintelligent or naive. He's basically saying don't be ignorant. He wants us to discover these gifts and unwrap them. These gifts are the key to fulfilling our kingdom purpose. If we we desire to serve within the kingdom as part of the church, it's, it's important for us to identify these gifts. So, what are spiritual gifts? What are spiritual gifts? Well, let's start by talking about what they're not. Now, as I've probably already touched on, spiritual gifts are not personality traits. 
Spiritual gifts are different to your personality. Although we will look at our personality, as I've mentioned, in a couple of weeks' time, and although our personality quite often feeds into the type of gift that God will give us, so it complements our, our personality. You know, you, if you're outgoing or introverted, that can be a bit of a clue as to what those are. But your spiritual gifts are not a personality trait. In the same way, it's not a natural talent. You can be very talented. You could be a, an architect, a salesperson, a tradesperson, but they're not spiritual gifts. And this is where historically we've got tied up, where we sort of think, well, they're not, so don't worry about those things. All of what God has given us is important. Leslie Flynn makes this comment. He says, Talents have to do with techniques and methods, while gifts have to do with spiritual abilities. Talents depend on natural power. Gifts depend on spiritual endowment. So we've all got natural talents that we have developed in life. Spiritual gifts are a supernatural empowerment that God gives us. So they're not personality traits, they're not natural talents, but also let's not confuse them with fruits of the Spirit. Now, you know what I mean by fruits of the Spirit? We find that in Galatians 5. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are vital aspects of what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus. Fruit is essentially Christ's contribution to our character, in other words, remember John 15 when we talked about he's the vine and we are the branches and as branches we produce fruit but the fruit comes from, um, uh, from, from God, the, the, from Christ, the vine. It's his contribution to our character whereas gifts are our contribution to God's kingdom through what he's given us. So there is a distinct difference between spiritual gifts and the fruit. Now, once again, Eric Rees makes this definition of what are spiritual gifts, and he says this, Spiritual gifts are a God-given special ability given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit to share his love and strengthen the body of Christ. What do you think of that? It's a God-given, it's special ability, we get that as we become a Christian through the Holy Spirit to share his love and strengthen the body of Christ. What I like about that quote is it's not about us, is it? It's not though that we can feel important or that we can um, you know, feel good about ourselves. It's about stewardship and service, not about selfishness. Why does God give spiritual gifts? Let's continue on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we read this, that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So, as we've already mentioned, it's, it's not about us, it's about others. It's not to boost our self-image, it's not so that we can get a special reward, it's not so that we can obtain greatness, and that's one of the dangers is that sometimes people abuse spiritual gifts and make it all about themselves. And boy, oh boy, how they can fall. They are to bless the body of Christ and to build his kingdom. Now, this is where I find it fascinating because ultimately, if the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the body, 
then really spiritual gifts can only be really functioning when it's in the body, can't it? And that's why I think one of the reasons why I think it's so important to be part of a local church, isn't it? If you separate yourself from the local church and live as an individual and you can feast yourself on as many you know, YouTube clips or books or whatever, but if you're not going to be blessing other people, spiritual gifts really are wasted, aren't they? So this is why it's so important in the context of a local church that we use our spiritual gifts. And so that's one of the reasons, amongst many, why it's important to be part of a local church. Another question, does everyone get a gift? Does God say, look, I'll give you and you a gift, but you don't deserve a gift? Or what? Is that the way it works? Have a look at 1 Corinthians 7, 7 and the second half of uh, verse 7. Each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. Now, you may not feel gifted, but the Bible says that we all have at least one gift. And as we seek to serve one another, we will discover gifts. The more we serve, the more clearly our gifts can be seen. And this is where I think, as a church, a church should be a, like a, can I use the word, like a laboratory. Is that a good word? We try things out and see if they work. And we should be gracious enough that, you know, we give somebody a go and they go, look, I'm not, look, have a go. And if it works, yeah, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. You've, you've tried something out. Let's give something else a go. And it should be an opportunity where we let people have a go. Looking, testing and trying out. Eric Rees again, he says, If you are a believer, then you have the Spirit living in you. True? If you have the Spirit living in you, then you have spiritual gifts to use for God's glory and the benefits of others. He doesn't exclude anybody. Everybody will. So over the, the next three weeks, we're going to it's this opportunity for discovery. And as I sort of said, we're, we're completing this online tool where at the end of this, we're going to give you all an opportunity to participate and it'll, I think, create a, a great map of who we are as Lismore Baptist Church. So let's unwrap these spiritual gifts. <clears throat> now, there's two aspects to discovering our spiritual gifts. There are some people who say what you need to do is read and examine and study and keep studying and keep looking and keep reading and keep doing that until you think you've got your gift. Then when you've got that, then you can serve. Now, I've got a problem with that because too often we do that in isolation and the only thing, only, quite often the only time we really know when we're good at something is when we actually try it out. And it's a bit like any, any skill. That's, that's why we have apprenticeships. We have apprenticeships so that people can try that in a learning space and develop a skill. That's why we have training for athletes so they can train and test out their skills before the race. And so many of it is, is an aspect of seeking to serve as well as seeking to learn as much about that gift serving, learning. Some people say learn first and then serve, but I say let's start serving whilst we learn and then as we learn, we start to sharpen our skills. Does that, am I the only one in the room that thinks like that? 
We serve together and discover. So what does the Bible say? Now, I've got five passages. Now, the thing about it is when you start looking at the Bible and going, what does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? Some are very blatantly referred to, others um, maybe or maybe not. So in the book Shape, um, Eric Rees refers to five uh, blatant passages that talk about it, but certainly there are other passages that you could bring in. So for the, the purposes of this, we're going to look at these five passages and draw out of those passages what he believes are these, uh, these gifts that we, we're going to be looking at. So the first one we find is in Romans 12, 6 to 8. Once again, these are all in your study guide. And Paul writes, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Romans chapter 12. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one uh, Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of those tongues. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. We also find in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And lastly, in 1 Peter chapter 4, 9 and 10, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, like I said, that's probably not a complete and exhaustive list. And you could look in the Bible and probably determine some others. Some are obvious and some are not so much. Now, I've often thought, why, why didn't God just sort of go, here, here's the list. Let's just work from the list. Sometimes I wonder, why doesn't God just make it really obvious? Stick a sign on our forehead or something like that. I think part of our growth as Christians is discovering. And sometimes he doesn't make it so obvious because he wants us to, to dig in deep. He wants us to reflect. He wants us to, to study. He wants us. So as we go through this, we will find more and more as we go along. Now, from those five passages and from the wider reading of the Bible, Eric Rees, along with Rick Warren, came up with a list of 20 gifts. Now, they're not, like I said, they're not exist necessarily exhaustive, and there will always be some that overlap or some that look like they're almost the same. I'm going to read through the, 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 the 20. I'm not going to go through each one of them in detail. You've got an insert within your study guide that has the 20 of them with a uh, descriptor 
against all of that that I would encourage you to reflect on. And when we get an opportunity to engage with the online tool, it'll give us an opportunity to interact with that. So these 20 gifts that, uh, that Eric Reese has come up with are as follows. Administration, apostleship, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, healing, helping, hospitality, interpretation, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, pastoring, prophecy, teaching, tongues, and wisdom. Now, I think what makes this all the more exciting is that most people have more than one gift. And this is what makes it exciting, because what, what it basically means is that we've got what's called a gift mix. So we have this unique mix between a couple of, you know, it could be, and I think, see this particularly in, in pastoral ministry, there's some pastors who have a pastor mercy mix, and they're the ones who love going to visiting people and sitting with people and praying with. You've got pastor-teacher mix. They're the ones that pastor by, by teaching. Could be pastor-evangelist um, mix. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? And, and so even within our own mixes, you, quite often you find that there are a couple. And this is what makes it so exciting because the more you sort of look at this, the more you can find your unique little blend that is just you. And that's why we don't want to rush over this for these next few weeks it's time for us just to journey with this and say what is God giving us our unique contribution can I also say sometimes people go yeah look I did this 20 years ago 30 years ago and so I know what it is you know do you sometimes God shapes us further through our you know, experiences and whatever. And so sometimes our gifts can shift and change. We can add a few, we can take and whatever. So it's always refreshing to have a fresh look at it just to see um, what's happening. Now, can I give you one serious word of caution as we start to look at um, gifts? And that is this. And we find this in this funny passage that's used... Most of the time, I only read it when I'm at a wedding. But as a matter of fact, it's probably got more to do with spiritual gifts than it has to do with a wedding. And that's 1 Corinthians 13, which happens to be packaged amongst the whole reading of, of, of Paul on gifts. And this is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a... I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I am nothing. It's a really cute sort of wedding passage, but it's got more to do with spiritual gifts, hasn't it? I can have all of these gifts, and they're wonderful gifts, but if I don't have love, if I don't have the right attitude, those gifts basically are, are worthless. It's like abusing the gift. You know, it reminds me of you know, kids that come up to the Christmas tree at Christmas and they unwrap the gifts and, and everything like that and they get so immersed in the, the, the gift that they forget the giver. Oh, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mum. But they're so immersed in the gift, we forget why. 
we forget why. So we're going to use that as an underlying foundation. If we don't have the attitude of love and the attitude of service, then these gifts really can be wasted. Now, I'm also going to talk about four spiritual gift traps as well. As we start to look at spiritual gifts, there's no doubt that we're looking at it within the laboratory of the church. We're looking around, and one of the big traps is comparison. Comparison. You think you've got your gift, and you look over at the others and I go, Whoa, why don't I have that gift? We can feel insignificant. Or we can compare and go, I bet you my gift is more important than your gift. Or, you know, com- comparison, comparing ourselves to other people is a really dangerous thing, is it not? Because when we do that, what we're basically saying is that either I'm more important than you or you're more important to me in God's eyes. And that is far, far from the truth. I think one of the best passages that explain that is in 1 Corinthians 12. And I'd read the whole lot if I had time. But 1 Corinthians 12 verses 21 and 22 says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We all function as part of the body. And imagine if every single one of us wanted to be a head. And nobody wanted to be the body. Now, just get a visual representation of the whole body of Christ just being a head. So the danger is when we compare and say, you're more important than me, I'm more important than you. What, re- what Paul's really saying is every part of the body functions not to point to other, but ultimately to point to Jesus, isn't it? To glorify him. So comparisons are not healthy. The second one is this, projection. When we expect others to be good at the same things we are. I think there's some, there's some classic examples in all of this. It's, it's the evangelist. You know, someone who's a natural evangelist and they just go out and they talk to people about Jesus all the time. What a wonderful spiritual gift that is. But then quite often they can be frustrated and go, why can't you do that as well? I want, I want you to be able to come with me because we're going to go down and we're going to lead somebody to Jesus. You go. We project. We say, basically say, I want you to be like me. Or God's given me this, this gift of administration where I can methodically work everything out. Why can't you be organised like I'm organised? That's what my wife says to me. We, we just need to celebrate the unique gifts, don't we? Okay, And the third one is rejection. Sometimes we just refuse to accept the gift. Sometimes we can feel inadequate. Or sometimes we can be frustrated. And especially when we isolate ourselves, we can sometimes feel like, I want to reject this because it's, it's not part. I'm, I'm just a foot. Who cares about a foot? Well, the head cares about a foot because the head wouldn't be able to get anywhere without a foot. You know what I mean? So we can reject it for those reasons. Sometimes people will say, oh, look... I hate having the gift of mercy because I talk to someone and I cry all the time. Well, let me tell you, that can be a real blessing to the body of Christ when people show their emotions in that way. Yeah, I understand that it can be taxing, but any of our gifts can be taxing. And we need, we'll be talking about that a little bit later on, about how we operate as, as the body. And the last one, comparison, projection, rejection. The last one is deception. Satan wants to disrupt the body of Christ. 
He wants to cause chaos. Be careful not to be deceived into thinking you may have a gift when you don't or whatever. You know, it's that person who goes, I'm an apostle, come and follow me. God's given me the gift of apostleship. Um, and, and look, once again, we would hope that in the context of a, of a loving body, that together we can discern what God is, as we listen to one another, ultimately by listening to God. Satan seeks to, to deceive as we exercise our gifts. So we ultimately need to be focusing God and his word. So don't compare, project, reject, or be deceived. Let's take the opportunity to discover the gifts that God has given us. Passage I, I, I love, um, Paul is writing to young Timothy. He's kind of almost, Paul is handing, the old, old man Paul is handing over to the young man, uh, Timothy the Baton. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says this, For this reason, he says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And I think that's a, it's a wonderful image of how we fan a flame and encourage the, the flame of, of discovering what God has for each of us. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking not just at spiritual gifts, but our, our passions, our abilities, our personalities and our experiences. We fan them all in and say, come on, how can we serve God uh, together? How can we you know, continue to be the per- people that God's called us with our kingdom purpose? So my prayer is today, as you reflect on the, the, uh, the contribution here that this morning by looking at those passages, can I also encourage you to have a look at these, these spiritual gifts? Um, some of you may be acutely aware of them. Others, it, it's, let's dig around. I'm certainly not saying that descriptions are absolutely exhaustive, but it's an opportunity, it's a starting point for you to prayerfully um, consider interact with others and over these next three weeks we will seek to uh, find some some new discoveries we hear within our in our church as we seek to serve together what is our our shape i just want to pause for a moment and, and pray and i i just want to say heavenly father we just thank you for your word And the way that you encourage us to dig deep and to see what it is that you have for each one of us. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you haven't created us just to exist or just to take up space on planet Earth, that you've created us to serve you in your kingdom. And so I I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have given us gifts of your Holy Spirit available to each one of us. Gracious, without, without merit, we don't have to earn it. You just ask us to discover it as we lean on you. So I pray, Heavenly Father, over these next few weeks that you will graciously guide us through this. So as we seek to serve you in whatever context that may be, uniquely us, uniquely made by the the master artist that we will respond in the good works 
through you and in the empowerment of your spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.